What's going on, everybody? How we doing? Welcome back to another edition of the In The Round Podcast. It's your boy, Matt Burrell. And today we've got a very special episode. Shout out to the sweet plug behind the camera. Shout out to our sponsors, our friends, Whaletail Media, Saxman Studios, Mitch Wallace with the Digital Marketing Agency, and our new friends over at Pickle Jar Live. Uh, we love those guys. And we love our guests today. Um, a guy, we have, we've had, a, when you're working country music or you're here in Nashville, you have a lot of friends that are quote unquote internet friends, like guys and girls that you talk to on social media because you share the love of country music or a certain certain aspect of media or something. And my man Chris Owen is joining us today. Um, Chris works at Buffalo native WYRK. 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 Yeah. And um, I got to say, you are probably one of the top country radio guys on Instagram because of your dedication to the charts. Right? Yeah, that's probably the number one thing people know me for is the charts you know whether it's yeah. current charts or the old charts which is something i've done as long as i can yeah. remember. so what's your position at, at yrk like what exactly are you doing that and so because I'm, I'm a radio nerd like you man i've been out of it for a few years but I, I love this shit technically i have like different so i'm on air i'm an honor personality what, but i'm also what shift they have you on i do overnights but i uh, so i a uh, voice tracker beforehand okay. so i do a nine to five but i track that 12 to 5 a.m but I'm also a content creator slash digital managing editor is like my actual title. So okay. I have like three different things. So that they're, work, they're working up there. Oh, yeah. It's busy. Yeah. Uh, there's never a dull moment. There's always something to so do. So overnights. So for those that don't know about voice tracking and, and radio overnights, that's so I we come from a very similar I say background. it so often. Yeah. You know, Dude, people are like, what the hell is that? People are like, what, what's, <laughs> people are like what's overnights? What's voice tracking? Voice tracking is when you can you can knock out a lot of time and not a lot you can knock out a lot of air time and not a lot of time yes so you don't but does it, are you do you enjoy that you don't do you like that you don't have to be there from 12 to 5 or 12 to 6 or 12 to 4 whatever it is over or do you or do you wish it was like the old school days where you're sitting there and you got guys working the overnight shifts calling into you live in the station oh like, uh, okay so i did the live thing for like two years where, what shifts did they have you on it was the uh 12 well so back then it was 12 to 3 a.m when i got hired full-time to be uh, the overnight guy but i did that for two years and then when COVID happened i didn't really do it anymore and i got the recorded and i just kept doing that well, i got a promotion i did the nine to five thing so well i gotta give you congrats on Stay surviving radio during COVID. Yeah, like, that radio was wild. has been through some. Tests. That was wild. <laughs> Radio's been through some fucking tests, man. Like that's what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to work, like what you're doing with country radio. I wanted to do that originally with sports, but I wanted to do country radio, and I ended up moving down here, and it just didn't didn't come together for me. But the way that radio is, has has had to downsize because of people not going people not going to work during COVID, like elements that were out of its control. Where, yeah. where companies had to downsize, man, it says a lot to you for them keeping you on and you coming down for events like CRS and you being as involved as you are. That the company believes in you and you're doing good shit, man. So as soon as COVID happened, you know, like after a few weeks, people weren't going into the office. I thought to myself, like, okay, are they gonna, you know, like, am I gonna let go here just because? Like, get, where are we? Am like, I, I get thought canned? about it. <laughs> you're at, what you're with a you're with a pretty good sized conglomerate. Oh yeah. Uh, so we're with Town Square Media. We're not as big as iHeart, not as big but, but, as stuff like Odyssey. But, but a big player in country radio, oh yeah. more yeah. than anything, I would say. So we have like Taste of Country, um, and then we have Taste of Country Nights, which is uh, the syndicated show they yep. do from 7 to midnight. And they have The Boot, too. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, they're a pretty big player, you know, uh, in the country music industry and here in Nashville. But, you know, the way that they do 
their system, you know, in terms of how they do business is that, okay, let's look at Odyssey and iHeart. They do all the big markets. How about we just do the medium and smaller markets? And they try yeah. to, you know, like, like let's dominate like, that. Like, I know they have a station. They have Cat Country down in Atlantic City, New Jersey. They have, um, there's the one we just, we did a show out in Midland, Texas with Trey, and there's a station out there. I forgot yep. the call letters, but Gwen is the program director out there, and it's in Midland, Texas. Like, it's I, like taking, because radio to me is such a local thing. And when you lose the locality, radio isn't the same. And that's something that Town Square seems to do really well, is keep the locality in there by having live jocks in Buffalo, New York, telling you about the, the five-foot snowstorm exactly. and telling you about this and telling you about that and being at the shows and interviewing the artists as they come through. I mean, I would never knock anybody for doing the syndicated thing because yeah. it's so cool. It's, 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 it's so cool. Yeah, money. It's so cool bucks, to bro. I wish I had Bobby Bones money. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but, you know, like when you have the syndicated stuff, you know, they're not – probably going to talk about the five feet of snow you got they're not yeah. you know they're not going to talk about the bills or the sabers or what's going on down the road in some suburb in they're, buffalo they're not going to be at the show at the venue in buffalo or in erie or in jordan or any of those no. western they're not going to wow, be a jordan reference oh dude well dude my boy <laughs> ross ross catalino you know ross, oh yeah i know uh, everybody ross, does everybody, up there everybody knows, everybody shout, knows shout out ross catalino back-to-back -back entertainment we did some shows with him um back in the um back in the fall he's a fun guy he's he interesting a, yeah we went to um touch of texas and binghamton and then um kegs canal side in uh in jordan yeah it's a really big one but they're but those markets are so big are, are big on the local thing and there's something about being a local jock and having that relationship with your listeners like i'm sure you know your p1s oh yeah for sure and i mean they're people that have been listening to the station for like their entire lives yeah. and their dads and moms listen to the station you know it's just like there's something about the buffalo market because like when you go to other markets you know there are people like oh i'm originally from pittsburgh i'm originally from florida or whatever there's a lot of lifers in radio in buffalo i've never seen a radio market like it you know people like we have one guy at our company who actually so he was an intern um back when it was what the heck was it called before odyssey oh it's called intercom <laughs> so, yeah intercom so, so he worked so he was an intern at intercom in buffalo moved away for a better job opportunity came back 20 years later and he's like, oh, my God, it's all the same people. They just haven't fucking left. Yeah. So it's it, just, does, does that speak to the city of Buffalo? Yeah. So for like some, People just don't want to leave. Yeah. So for people that haven't been up to Buffalo, what, how would you describe Buffalo, New York? Because it's, it's a spot, obviously, a lot of people know about the sports teams that are yeah. up there. You know about the, the Buffalo Wings. You guys got some damn good chicken wings up there. But, like, what is – Buffalo, to me, is like a blue-collar kind of town, right? It's the biggest small town, in, like – I've ever seen. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, it's, I think, the 59th market uh, right now in the United States. Okay. But, it, I mean, it's just a place where, you know, there's so much uh, shit that you put up with in terms yeah. of the cold and the snow and the fact our teams have never You're won a gritty. championship. Yeah, it's... like gritty is a good word for it. Uh, let's go with gritty. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that, cause that's how I feel being from where I'm from, a little bit closer to the city. You know, like New York City, it's like they, um, I watched, I don't, I don't know if you're, you're a big sports guy, you got oh, the yeah. Bills hat on. ESPN used to do this, or they still do this, 30 for 30s. Like they did the Big East 30 for 30, Requeen for the Requeen for the Big East or whatever it was called. And like all those markets like in the Northeast, there's just this grit that comes with being from Northeast. People just have, love to tell you that dude, they're from Buffalo. Dude, too. having to shovel two feet, you're making money as a kid in your neighborhood, shoveling neighbors' driveways with Every, your buddies. Yeah. Oh yeah. 20 bucks a driveway. That's then one of your boys gets a plow, and then it's forty bucks a driveway, <laughs> and like you got the snowmobile, you got the snow. The, 
you haven't lived until you've seen your dad come inside after using the snowblower and he's bitching because he accidentally ran over the newspaper. Or something, and, yeah, something. Or, or something. He ran over. He's like, I told you to put the basketball away and the basketball was all <laughs> cut up in the We snowblower. get so much snow sometimes that the snowblowers are useless. Because oh, shit, that's right. You guys are fucking way up there. We uh, So we have this thing called Lake Effect Snow. And so many people down in Nashville, they're like, what the hell is that? Like, what does that even mean? Like, Lake it, Effect Snow. No, you don't want to know. I'm like, there's like regular snow that looks, you know, like light and fluffy, yeah. you know, like other stuff you see in uh, shows and movies then there's lake effect snow that's falling two or three inches per hour and you can't keep up and you can't see while driving and then like you wake up the next day and there's two and a half or three feet of snow outside and you're like what the, like like what happened like that is lake effect snow yeah it's wild man and it, and it builds a, a certain attitude and do you think that reflects the taste of of music that's up there you think that's part of the reason that country music does well in western new york because it, people relate to the small town blue collar thing like the stories that are told like a matt mckinney song for example shout out to our boy skinny right. mckinney <laughs> and like our our friends that that are writers that grow up in small towns in the south small towns in the northeast can relate to that as absolutely. well absolutely uh we're the second rated uh station right now in the market you know <laughs> let's go and, That's, yeah, that, there you that, go <laughs> that shit that shit ain't easy bro so number one is hip-hop which is a station that we also own it's a sister station then we're number two and you know i know people who live in nashville or you know grew up in the south in georgia like you know, they go up to New York for the first time and, you know, they're like, there's nobody that listens to the country up here that is raw. Like, so many people listen to country music up there in so many small towns. Like, most of New York is countryside and farmland. You know, like, you have Buffalo, you have uh, Rochester and Syracuse and New York City, but there's so much open space in New York that people just don't know about. And those people are, I mean, you know, they're red voters yes, and they, they listen are, yeah. to nothing but country. Like, that is what a lot of New York is. Yeah, it's a lot of born here, live here, die here, which is an expression I like to rip on guys like Sweet Boy. Like, I like to kind of fuck with them, like the small town in the South. Like, born here, live here, die here. But it's that same way in Buffalo. It's, it's that same, same way. way. Same way in Jordan. It's that same way in Schenectady. It's that same way in all those fucking towns up up in New York. So for you, how would you get really into doing the charting stuff? Because your Instagram, bro is that's how you and I got got connected yeah. and you put out a lot of content and it's not just what's going on in current country music which I love how you like I I follow the the charts like I'll look at media base and all that stuff but I'm like what's Chris posting on his story that's like I yeah. follow I part of the part of what I what I get from following your account is seeing how many spots Meg Maroney a good friend of the program is rising with Tennessee Orange right now and it's rising seeing, pretty fast dude too. it is seeing how seeing how Bailey Zimmerman who played my round went before he moved to town um seeing how he's rising now with his sophomore single like how there's just crazy things going but you also put up like this should this should have been a single or this only peaked this song from 2002 only peaked at number 33 but i think it should have gone higher like you offer like an editorial kind of look at the charts from past things like so where did that passion kind of come from and how did that all start i don't know when exactly it started but i remember you know because i always listen to country and I think I just uh, kind of stumbled on it because my dad grew up listening to rock music. You know, he was a big rock music fan. He didn't get in the country till after I got in the country as a kid, and I said I liked it. And I think it was just all the countdown shows that I heard. You know, like every Sunday morning they did like the Lon Helton one. Yep. I listened to the Bob Kingsley one. Yeah, and I'm thinking, kick, kick, kicks Brooks. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, kicks Brooks. And I'm thinking to myself like, wow, you know, this is really fun and cool. You yeah. know, and I would always follow along. And this before I was looking online to see exactly, you know, like where all this stuff was. I'm like, man, I cannot wait to see where. You know, this song is, and if it went back like three spots, I'm like, son of a bitch, man. I fucking love that song. <laughs> yeah, and country radio, country music's gone through so many changes, especially in, in our lifetimes or our times of being in this 
in this country music thing, like from what we see on our side. Like you think back from like 2010 on, there's just been like, we've gone through multiple cycles, even the last five years since fucking 2018. The, there's been different sounds and different cycles and different artists popping up with still great heritage acts doing their thing. But it, it's been interesting to watch. Like, What kind of trends are you seeing in country radio right now? Uh, it's so fascinating because of, you know, having stuff like Apple and Spotify out there and seeing stuff like TikTok. Um, I mean, every like few months, it's, I mean, changing in some way because, you know, you look at Bailey Zimmerman right now. Here's a guy that two years ago or three years ago, we didn't know anything about, you know, he, 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 he wasn't doing music or nothing. Yeah. And then now he's like one of the biggest stars in the format. His songs are just, you know, skyrocketing up the chart. Any song he puts out is going to debut on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart. And he's still brand new, you know, to the whole game. It's just so interesting seeing a guy that can come in and just knock it out of the park song after song after song. And, and do it, start growing that, that initial growth being so organic. Like he's got a great management team with, with Chief and Simon and, and the folks at Warner. He's got a great team around him. He's got a great him. team. Phenomenal team around him, which it takes, a, it takes a village to do all that. But to have the initial success from doing it organically is kind of unheard of. Like, can you imagine we had TikTok in like 2005? Oh my God. Like, there'd be so many artists, I think, that might be, you know, that we might still know about or might still have hits because they had that extra avenue. That like, could you imagine Jason Aldean, Johnny Cash as a TikTok song? Oof. Or fucking, like, like Carrie Underwood, Jesus Take the Wheel as a Jesus TikTok song. Like, like, looking back at some of those old hits, like how, or even songs that, song, like, guys like, guys like Walker Hayes that have kind of had their second and third lives. Like, he, people forget that he had a song called Pants. Yes, that, that was that, his debut single. That was on the charts. It back, was. back when he had longer hair. And peaked at, uh, it peaked at 40. Yeah. Back, uh, I can't remember. What how do you know that on. shit off the top of your head? I don't know. I just That's how I am with sports, bro. Like I could tell you who the Yankee. I could tell you that Tony Womack was the Yankee second baseman in like, in like two thousand and whatever. Like I can, I can jump with that with sports. But like the fact that you know that that's fucking cool, dude. I think that I just forgot a lot of stuff from school, and so <laughs> I just, just kind of did the whole, the yeah, I did the whole, you know, like the compartmentalized thing. Like yeah. I can just get all yeah. that stuff you think out of here. You think streaming has helped the, because streaming is obviously a competitor of radio, and that's something that is seen in all formats of radio and podcasting, even. But podcasting's been kind of adopted by radio. Like yeah. most stations have their have their have their podcasts and all that stuff. But like for you, um, what have you seen as far as like streaming is probably more of a tool where you guys see what's popping when yes. it's ad. Like streams have to affect ads, right? Streams affect pretty much everything. I mean you look at any label, you know, before they invest their money into a single, they're gonna look and see how well a song is doing, you know, on Spotify or it's doing on Apple Music because, you know, now that we have that and you know, it comes into the thing where how much of the listening audience and radio also do the Spotify or the Apple thing? Is it the same? Is it, you know, like half and half? Is it, you know, uh, something where it's just a completely different audience? There are so many different opinions on that, you know, and I don't think we truly know yet exactly how many people that are P1s that also uh, dabble in Spotify and Apple Music. But, I mean, you have to use the tool now. Like, you have to, you know, just to see what's going on and, you know, what is connecting and can that, you know, connect to my audience too. Yeah, absolutely, dude. That and for you know, you're about to have like the the country radio. Like one of the highlights of working in country radio is taking these pilgrimages or these trips down here to Nashville, meeting with these these folks that you've gotten to know through doing the radio thing, through through social media and all that. And you guys have, of course, CRS coming up. What's what is CRS like? How important is that? And like for people that don't know, like it's a country radio that. seminar. So they do it. So normally it gets done, I think, in February, you know, like late February. 
And it used to be Wednesday, Friday, but now it's going to be Monday through Wednesday, which is going to be interesting, you know, to see if that changes at all. But I mean, it's a huge networking thing. Like that's really what it is for, you know, people in radio or people who work at labels or management companies or, you know, all the artists and songwriters. It's just one giant thing where, you know, people can get together, you know, and just try to get to know each other, you know, maybe, you know, you come across an artist you never would have known about, you know, if you had not been down the CRS or somebody that's like, hey, you know, uh, can you meet this guy? He just got signed, you know, by us. I really want you to listen to his music, you know, stuff like that. That's just so important, you know, in building foundations because you look at radio and the country music industry, it's just like any other industry, right? You got to network, you got to get to know people, you know, and that's kind of what CRS is with just, you know, it's a little more glamorized because you, you been, have all these different so shows. You, so you've been before. This isn't your first year coming. This is my first year, actually. This is your first year, first year, bro. What are you most excited about? Like, do you have it all, do they have like the schedule planned out for you? They have the whole yet? itinerary that I got emailed and I'm just looking at it and I'm like, there is no way I'm doing all of this. There's just no way. There's just so much that goes on. So people have been telling me to pick and choose stuff. You know, I'll go to the label luncheons. I'll go to the new faces show. Um, but I have to like pick and choose what I want to do. Who's on the new faces this year? Do you remember off the top of your head? It's uh, Jelly Roll is going to be part of it, which is going to be dude. That's going to be wild to have Jelly Roll up there in front of all the radio programmers yeah. at CRS. But his songs that are undeniable. Oh yeah, they're undeniable. They're, they're, they're fucking hits. His new one is climbing like super fast, and I mean, I heard it for the first time and I loved it. I'm like, man, but this is like a rock song almost. Yeah. You know, it's like a rock song with a fiddle. Is what yeah. it is. Uh, Frank Ray is going to be part of it too, and Frank Ray, I Frank's think, is, a great dude. He's such an awesome person. I got to interview him for my new music segment. I think not last year, but the year before that, and he was just so down to earth and awesome. And it was just one of the best uh, conversations that I've had so far. So Frank Ray, I, I'm really happy he got a chance to be on uh, the new Faces show. But I know, isn't that cool though? Like to think about artists that you met when you were starting out. Like for me, I got my start on um, WRRC. It was 1077 The Bronx, Rider University's college radio station. I had a college radio show there. It was called Redneck Radio. It was back when I was drinking and we did all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, back up in New York. In Jersey. It was in, it was in <laughs> central New Jersey, right outside of Trenton, Town Square Market, Trenton, New Jersey, oh, yeah. with, um, with uh, what is it? NJ1015 is a big station down there, the talk radio station. Um, and then they have like WPST and other, other properties or whatever but like i remember seeing guys like like combs and wallen and those people and i had access to them on a college radio level this is like 2013 2014 when oh, they started. so now to see where those guys are at now like it's it's wild so for you you've been in this thing long enough now where you're seeing a guy like frank ray who you had on your new music thing mm. a lot of people didn't know about him and you were like i, I like this guy i yeah. want to have him on my show i'm going to play his song i'm going to talk to him i'm going to i'm going to introduce him to the people of buffalo now country the label heads and, and country radio want him to be introduced to everybody like that's really cool you got to be cool are there any is there anybody else like you had on early on that you kind of remember like Man, you're I, like oh shit they're big now i had connor smith right when he released his debut single Dude. i know he hasn't had a big hit at radio yet but i mean he's, he's going a, to oh yeah he's, he's a big going name. to he's, he's got a new song coming out too on friday kid sells tickets like nobody. he streams great too yeah like all he needs is the radio hit he's got everything else down you know, that's the only thing that's, you know. What was what was his first song that he sent to radio again? It uh, was Learn From It. Learn From It. It went top 40, um, and then it died. Like, it just, like, it, it had such a slow start. 
And then when it finally started the pickup scene, it was just too late. Do you think there's so, like a formula for what makes a hit song right now? Or do you think it's so all over the place? Because you got guys like Jelly Roll and Bailey Zimmerman doing and Hardy doing more of like a rock thing. And then you've got guys like Morgan that are infusing more of the pop stuff now. And you've got, I mean, the pop stuff's kind of always been there. But like, what do you, do you think there's like a formula right now? Like are sad songs in or happy songs? I know we're getting into summer, which is when you have kind of, when you get into your song of the year stuff, like when crews pop back in the day. Like It's the stereotypical time of the year to not really a ballad the radio just because you know, really like, yeah because like you're getting into the summertime like why do people want to play you know like a slow song you know i mean it might be a great song but why do you want to play a slow song you're gonna save that for the fall yeah th- i mean that's the stereotypical how it's been done a lot but you know the stereotypes are changing oh I yeah feel like sure. it's changing for sure like 100 i'm a big believer in counter programming and counter programming like going that. against I the like grain that. let's go going against the grain and saying no i don't care that you know that we have the summertime coming up i don't care that i just released a ballad this thing's connecting. I think it's a hit. I'm going to release it again, which is what I think Luke Combs should do with Love You Anyway. I know he's yes. got going, going, gone. Listen to what the consumers are saying. I know it's two ballads in a row. He's Luke fucking Combs just released two ballads in a row because this is the song people wanted. You yeah. Know? I mean, sometimes you can't overthink something. You know, I think a lot of times in this industry, we tend to overthink stuff and try to get in our own way when in reality, it doesn't have to be as hard as it should be. You know, just go with something that a lot of people love. Who cares if it's two ballads in a row? So Yeah. Yeah, are there other new faces that you're excited to see besides just Fra- obviously Frank, you know, and then Jelly. That's a it's a huge Jelly Roll I've never met. He actually he came up to uh for the Bills Titans game, which is our home opener where the Bills just killed the Titans, yeah. just murdered them. Um and he's a big Titans fan. But I didn't get to see him because I was covering the game in the press box. He was on the field and I didn't know a way to like get down on the field because I was yeah. only credentialed for the press box. Yeah. I wasn't who, allowed who else to is on that new face is this, you know, off the top of your head? Um I actually don't, I'll be honest with you. I have to look I'm it up cu- right I'm now. I'm curious. Um I'd have producer McElwain do it, but he's he's back he's back <laughs> over there running the cameras and stuff. Um, cause I'm, cause how many, cause I'm trying to think like, there's been it's like, there's a one, yeah. There, and, and each year, I mean, it is a big deal to be a new face because you're going to be getting a lot of, a lot of spins. Uh, Nate Smith is going to be on there. Oh, Nate dude. is just, Nate I mean, is you want to talk about exploding onto the you scene. You want to talk about exploding and you want to talk about just a great guy and a guy that's unorthodox. He's from Northern California. He came up in kind of that, that Christian world and he's been in town for a minute. I remember when he played my round, but he's on the same, um, he's got the same team as, uh, as Bailey when it comes to the management side of things and they're doing such a, such a cool job, but Man, having both Bailey and Nate at the same time. Is ba- oh. Oh, is, yeah, is Bailey on, on New Faces? No. You probably, uh, probably don't even need to be on New Faces. No, so, you know, I was talking about the fact that Nate and Bailey both have the same, like, management team. Yeah. And to both have them go at the same time just has to be, you know, like a whirlwind for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nate's on there. You got Jackson Dean. Dude, I love that kid. Jackson Dean. The first time I heard his album, I was like, nobody, I was like, nobody prepared me for how he, great this album was He's another one I knew from back in the day. I remember when he was 16 years old in Maryland. Just coming up, and his man, his manager at the time, I think he's still working with him, his name Scott Lair. He has uh, a thing, he had a thing called B Chord. He was like promoting shows and stuff. He's like, man, you got to look at the sixteen-year-old kid, Jackson Dean. And now, fast forward all these years later, he's still and, young too. Like, oh, he's, he's really young. He's Look. very young. He's, he's just old enough to get in the losers and red door. Right? <laughs> he's and like twenty-two or something, dude. And he's getting, he's just touring opportunities, man. He's selling tickets and his songs. It's and it's you have to have a unique kind of sound, I think, to stand out. Yes, and, it's so and, important. These every days. all those four people we just named off that list right now yeah jackson dean unique sound music connects with people nate smith this voice like when you hear nate sing you know it's nate smith like there's no getting like i feel like there's such a that's such a big thing within country right now where like you look back like 
2000s country, a lot of guys, a lot of guys and a lot of girls kind of had that same kind of sound. But right now it's like authenticity and there's so many unique sounds out there. Find that brand, you know, find that image. It's so important now. But uh, when artists get signed to a label, one of the first things they try to figure out is like, you know, who are your fans? You know, what do you want to say to them? What's your image? You know, are you more of a person who stays home, you know, like the nine to five kind of thing? Are you like a party person? You know, do you do a lot of up-tempo songs? Like, what exactly is your image? What branding should we market right now? And I think a lot of times that gets lost in the shuffle, but it's almost as important as the songs themselves. Yeah, because that's, if you if you can't sell tickets, yeah, that's a huge thing. The touring side of it is huge. Do you guys get a lot of shows up in Buffalo? Is oh, yeah. That, is that a pretty frequent thing? What are some of the big rooms up there? We have, I mean, people obviously go to the Key Bank Center, you know, if you're a big time. I yeah. know we have... Blake and Carly and Jackson come in uh, in March to Keymax Center. We have Shania. We have Thomas Rhett with uh, Cole Swindell and Nate Smith coming. Do you so, have any of those lower those lower level clubs where artists are coming through? We have. Oh, God. Like, is it, isn't have? it the Showplace? Yeah. Showplace, uh, Showplace Theater, actually. Uh, John Langston uh, performed uh, the last time I was there with uh, Dylan Marlowe. It's the first time I ever saw Dylan Marlowe well, live. Shout out. Those are two great buddies. And um, shout out to uh, J.D. Groover. Oh yeah, who's actually one of the guys that was like, "Yo, dude, you gotta have you gotta have Chris Owen on your podcast." So JD's J, a big believer. J, in me. J, well, JD's just a big believer in the scene and a guy that's been around for a while. How'd you how'd you get connected with him? I think he just started following me on Twitter, and he just saw all the stuff. So, yeah, that's where you got your fucking start. Was Twitter over it? Was I'm trying Twitter, to do more Instagram though. But, but Twitter was Twitter was how many? You got quite a few followers on Twitter, right? Twelve thousand or something like something like that, which is not like a ton. Dude, that's a, that's a lot more than that's a lot more than a lot of people got. I mean, you go on TikTok and Instagram, people are like, "Oh, I only got you know like 180 thousand followers or something." Yeah, but, I'm, I'm, yeah. but that's different. But like Twitter's cool because it's a great place to just put out information. I feel like a lot of your postings are very informative. I think it fits. You know, like what I do on social media fits best on Twitter. You know, in that format. And, you know, just being able to put the information out there and then, you know, I mean, if people want to talk about it and have a conversation, like we can do that. It's harder to do that on stuff like Instagram and TikTok where it's kind of like you post something and people can comment, but you can't really have a conversation, you know, yeah. on TikTok or Instagram. Uh, but yeah, so Twitter is something that I think really opened a lot of doors for me. And I know JD found me on there and then he reached out to me. I only met him back in 2021, like for the first time. Uh, they came up to, where the hell did they come up to? They come up to a place called Cherry Creek, New York, which is like an hour south of Buffalo. Cherry Creek, I haven't even heard of that. Cherry Creek, New York, uh, a lot of people have not heard what of Cherry Creek. Was it? Was that like an outdoor like brewery kind of thing? It was, was, it was pretty close. I mean, you almost got it. It was like a ski uh, resort thing. So hey. they do like ski resorts <laughs> yeah. uh, in the winter. And then they uh, built this brand new venue like for the summertime. And I think John Langston was like one of the first ones to do it. So I remember I did not know John was coming there. And JD uh, texted me that morning at like 8 a.m. He's like, yo, I'm like, what? He's like, can you just, you know, like come down here? I'm like, where are you? He's like, uh, Cherry Creek. I'm like, well, it's like an hour away. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, sure. So I uh, coaxed a buddy uh, to come with me. Um, I'm like, yo, you like, I'll buy you a beer. Uh, do you want to drive me down there? So uh, we went, and that's the first time I met JD back in 2021. No shit. Yeah. That's awesome. What did you think of Dylan Marlowe's show when you saw him? I thought, so the first time I saw him, he, I'm like, man, this kid is skinny. He looks like he's, you know, 15 years old. But then he started singing. And he started, you know, he has such a great command of the stage, you know, yeah. and just of the audience. I'm like, this kid's a fucking superstar. Yeah, to me, that's the South Georgia thing, though, because if you look at how Luke, because he, he's from Statesboro, Georgia, and that section of South Georgia has brought out so many acts over the years. I mean, that's where you can't talk about Statesboro, Georgia and not talk about 
like country music over the last 15 years. So that's where Luke Bryan went to college, got his start. That's where Dallas Davidson went to college, got his start. That's it's where like Cole, everybody. Cole, Cole Swindell met Luke at the Blue Room and or at Dingus or one of the venues down there. And that's how Cole ended up with the merch gig for, for Luke. And that's how... And like guys even like Trey Landon and then Dylan's kind of in that new wave. A guy named Brian Fuller who's on the the up and up is from I've heard about Brian. Like he's Brian. a name I've heard a lot and I have not yet seen him live, but you know, like people keep bringing up great, his name. Great, great distinct kind of sound, like very very like soothing kind of voice. His melodies are great and but again, Statesboro, Georgia. And these guys come up playing in these college bar towns where you're playing in front of all these kids that don't give a fuck about you. They don't they're just there because the Blue Room is the place to go. Galette's in Tuscaloosa is the place to go. Hey, Skybar Auburn is the place to go. <laughs> I just want to get hammered and have fun. <laughs> yeah, but but what but but by by playing those shows, you have to learn how to win over a crowd of a few hundred people, or maybe even up to a thousand people if you're at Skybar or the Blue Room. Um, that you have to win over people that aren't necessarily paying attention. So then, when you're doing a show or you're the opener and you're before a headliner that people are paying money to see, like a John Langston or like a Luke Bryan or somebody like that. You you how you already have those skills on stage, and I think that's what separates guys like Dylan and separates guys like Brian and separates a lot of the Georgia, Alabama, the guys that come out of the southeastern bar scene. Then they come up to, fucking what was the name of the town? It, no, no. So, oh, no, so Dylan it. performed at Showplace Theater. Oh, Showplace. Yeah, they come up to Buffalo, New York, where they like never, in the city. You know, like yeah. Showplace is in the city yeah, of like Buffalo, in, in the heart of Buffalo, <laughs> and and you're putting on a show that people remember, and you're flying around stage because you're, you're playing the yeah. same show that you were playing three years ago in Statesboro, Georgia. Whenever I see like a new artist, one of my favorite things to do is to, you know, I'll just watch him and how he commands the stage or her, uh, but also watch the crowd. You know, like I'll keep panning back to see if they're singing along, to see if they're really into it, because I think that really, you know, is telling. You know, like, how does the crowd react to an artist that they've never seen before? And I know nobody had ever heard of Dylan Marlowe up in Buffalo yeah. when he performed uh, there with John Langston. Yeah, and Record High, I believe, is on, on SiriusXM right now. It hasn't made its way to radio. I think it will. I think it will. I, it's <laughs> it's my favorite song of his uh, so far, and I like the stuff you put out, but I think it's a great radio single. The only thing about it is that it you know might take a little long to get to the chorus, which is, you know, like another stereotypical thing. You know, like yeah. how long do you get to that hook? How long do you get to that chorus is one thing. But, you know, like I don't think it matters much. I mean, it just sounds like something that would be played on the radio. Yeah. And some other guys that we have that are, that are close musical friends and they're in kind of the space that we're in where they're, they're media guys are my boy, our boy Grady Smith, Grady. who we're actually going to the Cheesecake Factory with tonight. Really? Uh, shout out, sweet boy. Yeah, <laughs> we've been planning it. McElwain's very excited. He loves it. They didn't have the Cheesecake Factory growing up in Selma, so he's very excited to come no out and do that No Cheesecake Factory. No, there's not a whole lot in Selma, Alabama. Um, it's a one-of-a-kind place. Um, but Grady and then um, Josh and uh, Ben over at Country Central. Oh, yeah. Ben, uh, I, just, I actually met both Ben and Grady Smith uh, last year for the first time. Uh, you know, like in person, yeah. Because I've conversed with them on social media a lot, but uh, last year was like the first time I actually met them in person. Yeah, and it's and it's cool to have other guys to talk about, look at country music, in that kind of analytical way. Like you guys look at these songs, you know, like could it be this? And this is why you think this is going to work, or why this isn't going to work. And like it's got to be cool. There's a there's I don't think country music's always, and maybe it's always had that, but it's always been people that are working for the labels. Yes, it's, it's always never been, been people inside. It's never been people on the outside that have a direct link to the fans or the listeners. It's, it's so, uh, so, so every time I hear a song now, like the first thing, can this work at radio? 
that's just where my mind goes every single time. And sometimes I hate it because I can't just, you know, like, fucking enjoy the song. I got to see, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, will this work at radio, you know, and then try to be honest with somebody, you so know, you if they be, play you want, for me. So you, so you want to be a PD one day? I would love to be a PD. I would love to, I mean, I would love to do, you know, a few different things. I would love to be a corporate programmer. I would love to work at a label even, you know, because I just love being involved with the music itself. You know, it's just really cool to say that I can make country music part of my professional life on a daily basis. Yeah, and basis. you're getting and you're getting to do that right now while being in Buffalo, while having, while while living your life. Like it's it's so cool the way that social media works that you're you're tapped in. Like it's kind of scary. You know, they can work that quickly. You know, and just have that many connections from you know like however far you know like 700 miles away. Yeah, and then it makes it worth and when the artists come up they already know who you who you are. Like I'm sure at CRS you're going to you'll you'll meet you'll meet the the Meg Maronis and the and the Baileys and the newer folks that are coming up and they might know of you from you sharing their stuff on I social met, media. I uh, met Trini Anderson uh, last oh, night dude, for the first she time. Is, she is a, yeah, she was over at Live Oak. Yeah, she was performing and so I was talking with uh Peyton Smith. Oh dude, I love Peyton. He's such a cool guy. Dude, so have nice. you ever seen him play guitar? Yeah, he is literally like one of the best guitar players of all time. Ridiculous. It's like crazy what he he's can do. So, he's a kid. He's <laughs> like, a kid. Him and Ben Gallagher yes. are two of the best guitar players I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, these guys should be way more famous. You know, like uh, they write, I mean, they write great songs, they write great yeah. melodies, but like their stage presence and just having that guitar. Like, I don't even know how you move your hands that fast. Yeah, and how you rip it, and it's like the the that it becomes such a big part of the live performance. Like, it takes a lot to entertain a group with just an acoustic guitar, but those two can just fucking... Oh, yeah, and, for and, sure. And the electric guitar, when Ben fucking rips. Ben, uh, yeah, so he has... So he had the acoustic guitar for one thing I saw on his Instagram, and it was like some, like, new song or something, and he was like... Oh, you're like doing this? Yeah. And I, I'm like, bro, like, how do you do that? He's yeah. like, I don't know, I just do it. I'm yeah. like, no, come on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So who? I, and something you like doing? It sounds like is doing the the A and R discovery piece of it. I think you you really and I enjoy doing that too. That's why I love having the writers rounds that I have. It's the it's my favorite part as the A and R side of it. Because as much as I love going to the big concerts, I love going to the smaller ones and just, you know, seeing an artist start out or seeing a songwriter perform songs, you know, that have been uh, hits by other artists or something like that, and just trying to find songs that would work for radio and trying to find songs that you think so uh, you who, know could so be hits. So who are some people that have kind of been on your radar? Do you have like a list of like people? I know we talked recently about our um, about a recent guest we had, May Estes. Where you, May were Estes. Like, you were like, dude, I fucking love this. Love girl. May Estes. She literally so like her music sounds like stuff I grew up on in yeah. like the early to mid two thousands. Because because it's stuff she grew up yeah. on, stuff I grew up on, stuff that our generation, the the twenty five to like thirty one, thirty two, grew up on in the two thousands and the late nineties. I think it's stereotypical for people to just say like, "Oh, I grew up on '90s country." Yeah, and well, I'm saying we lived it. I, I mean, oh. I listened to '90s country like when I was a kid, but I didn't grow up during the '90s and who got were, into it. It was who, like who the were 2000s. Like, who were like your artists? Like when, like for me, it was like Tim McGraw. Same. That was a big one. That was my first concert. Was Tim McGraw? Hoss, I'm talking like Hoss Cat, like thick Tim McGraw when he had the Fu Manchu mustache. He oh, was that doing, one. He was a real like, good man, Tim McGraw. Yeah, dude, that was my <laughs> riding around my grandma's Ford Windstar, going to a friendlies. Um, <laughs> friendlies. Going, going, going to a going to a going to a friendly, sitting in the car seat, listening to Down on the Farm, the first greatest hits record that he put out back in like '99. Uh, Tim McGraw was a big one. Uh, George Strait, obviously. George Strait. Yeah. Uh, Brad Paisley was a huge favorite. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Evans and Gary Allen. Uh, Martina. Yeah. Um, who else? I remember, I remember, oh man, I'm just trying to think of all, like, I'm trying to think of artists that I love. 
that I don't know if you would know because they only had like one or two hits. You know, like people remember, like Brad Martin. Remember, remember, Brad, remember Trick Pony? I love Trick Pony. Dude, shit, fuck. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just. Uh, well, God, what was their uh, debut? Uh, Poor Me. Yep. It's one of the most brilliant songs I've yeah. ever heard in my life. You had, you had, a, you had, and you had all those uh, male female groups. You had like, like, like what Lady A is now, but you had, um, you had like Thompson Square. You had Gloriana. Remember Gloriana? Oh yeah. Yep. They uh, uh so Gloriana's debut single is one of my favorite things ever. Uh, Wild at Heart. Yeah. It was just like in your face. Yeah. Like you know, like over the top. Yep. Like do do I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. You know, like, who are these guys? And I realized, you know, that the Gossam brothers are from New York, you know, like not far from yeah. where I grew up. I'm like, oh my God. But yeah. So Gloriana, I remember when Sugarland came out Dude, in 2004. Yeah. And they shaped so much of what country is now. And now you look at, fast forward now to the rise of, of Miss Meg Maroney. Yes. Their producer's Christian Bush. Yep. And it's like he's now getting to have his hand in bringing along another female act and developing a sound like he like he did back in the day with Sugarland. with he Jennifer. Never, he never gets enough credit, I think, still. I mean, he gets credit here in Nashville, but you know, like when you look at Sugarland and all the songs they had, like he's so good at writing melodies and he can uh, produce and he can play. Uh, I mean, he can play the guitar. He can play you know, stuff like mandolin, he's so talented. And it's so cool that, you know, because that band, you know, you like you have Jennifer and her voice, which is so unique. Then you have somebody like Christian Bush, who is kind of, you know, the guy behind the scenes almost. He doesn't really sing lead, but he's so responsible, you know, for all the melodies and all the songs that they had hits with. You know, it's just a cool dynamic with them. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like other people. Like I'm, I was big into the Brantley Gilbert stuff when he first came out. And I, yeah, that might be because I grew up more on the rock stuff as well. Um, I'm trying to think like other people out of like that, like that book. Cause I feel like it changed. Like this guy, like we said, it's gone through like changes. Like, oh, yeah. oh, like, like 2005 was a huge year for country. music. That was my favorite year of country music ever. was 2005. Cause yeah, you just, the people that came out with debut album with, with their, I mean, I guess Al, Al Dean had his debut back in the night. Technically, technically, I mean, technically, but his big, his major release was, was Oh five with that first record. Yep. Carrie Underwood had just come off of idol, put out her first record. Miranda's out there singing Miranda, about, yeah. sing, singing kerosene back then. Uh, me and Charlie talking. I was yep. her debut oh, uh, back in the day. Was that, a, was that her debut? That was her radio? debut. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Late 2004 to early 2005. Like that was their first one. Wow. And there's so many others that came out right around that. And I mean, that year just had so many, you know, like risk uh, taken uh, by labels. You know, like, I don't know if you know who Hot Apple Pie were. No. Hot Apple Pie. Listen to their album. Hot Apple Pie. Hot Apple Pie. So uh, do, you, uh, do you know the band named Little Texas from yes. the 90s? So uh, Brady Seals, who sang some lead and he wrote songs for them, he started that band. And it's like California country. Really? It's like big into the electric guitars and the bass and like all that kind of stuff. Like nothing else sounded like it. You either love it or hate it. You know, it's that yeah, kind of we're stuff. Gonna have, we're going to have to check that Hot out. Hot Apple Pie. So listen to that. There was a band called Ryan Shoop and the Rubber Band who was more of like a folky, rocky, poppy sound. You remember, you remember when Jonathan Singleton had his thing going? Yes, Jonathan Singleton in the Grove. I love that. That was a great, that, that initial record was so fucking great. He, like, I really wish he had gotten more success as an and artist. The big, and the big, to me, the biggest crime of that era to that he's not doing the artist thing a ton now, granted because he's writing hits all the time, is uh, Josh Thompson. Oh, those Josh Thompson records, bro. You wanna you wanna get me when I'm driving when I'm driving the the Trey Lewis van around and we get it cranked up a little bit to where some guys in the band are telling me to slow down. You put on that first Josh Thompson record. Beer on the table. Yes, man. dude. Beer on the that, table. I'm getting that sucker. Spirit up to, animal. I'm song. getting that van sucker that sucker <laughs> up to 85 and it's fucking shaking going down at 65. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah, beer on the table. My favorite Josh Thompson song is one called Coming Around, which wasn't on any album and only got to 30 on the chart back in 
2012, but I mean, it's just so like he is so great at writing and just having that distinct sound because he's from Wisconsin, yeah. right? You know, he's not from the South or anything like that, but he knows the way of life, you know, because up in Wisconsin, it's the same thing as we have up in New York. You know, you like there's still a country way of life up there, even if you don't grow up in the South. And he's just so talented as a writer. Yeah, and then you look at guys like Randy Montana. Who also now, is from New York. Yep, yep. He's <laughs> another another upstate New York guy. And um, he, um, and it's cool now that he's getting to put, like, his, because you think, like, his, uh, those songs, like, um, he's at the, he had the one that he had released, the Parker had cut as well, right? He had, uh, was it the had? Cowboy one? I think I know what song you're talking about, but I Cause, can't. Because, like, he's had so many cuts now with, he's had so many cuts with he, Parker. He has the, one on the new Luke Holmes album. Really? Uh, uh, Where the Wild Things Are, yeah. Uh, uh, it's coming out. So it's a great song, by the way. Hell yeah. It's a great yeah, cause, song. Yeah, because there, there's so many, like, writers from back then now that are getting to help. Their sounds are being lived on through the artists that are out now. But they're just the writer side of it. Like, I could, like, I could picture Josh Thompson singing a lot of the cuts that he has nowadays. I mean, that's so cool to think about who wrote the song, and then you're like, wow, I really or, love to like, see like this. I could, like, I could picture part of it being a Walker McGuire song. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Walker McGuire. I actually just had breakfast with Jordan. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a good friend of the program. He's, you, were at, you were at Live Oak last night for Why Not Wednesday. Shout out to Zeb and our friends from Why Not uh, with the Sony Music uh, Publishing Takeover last night. Yep. Jordan Walker, to me, is one of the most entertaining people to have on a writer's round. We call him Jordan Talker. Jordan Talker. Jordan Talker. He man. never stops talking, ever. He doesn't, and he'll even start talking in the middle of the damn song and say something, and then go <laughs> right back in. And then I want 100 bucks on his I don't think there was a song he performed last night where he didn't do that, where he just stopped after the first uh, chorus and just yeah. started talking about something or whatever, you know, like cracking jokes or, you know, like making fun of people in the back. Yeah, he's a. Did you ever get to see Walker McGuire live back in the day? Yes, actually. I met Jordan for the first time during the radio tour. Really? Back before... I was even working at the station. I was still in college. And I remember I had to do a paper for like a blog or something, you know, like some reporting class. And I remember that Walker McGuire uh, followed me on Twitter, you know, back before I was anybody. And, you know, I'm like, hey, do you guys mind if you, you know, like want to do an interview with me? You know, like while you're in town, I know you're in town. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, so I interviewed both him and Johnny uh, at this place called Ebenezer Owl House, which is in a suburb of Buffalo. And I remember just meeting Jordan. I'm like, wow, this guy really loves to talk just yes. not stop it's just one giant you know like run-on sentence you know like whenever he starts talking yep, that's yep. Like, so that's the first time I met jordan uh so the first you never forget the people that really started uh, uh people that really you know just take you under the wing and really believe in you jordan was like the first guy really yeah that like reached out to me he's like yo man i love what you do with the charts i love what you do uh you know with country music and everything he was like the first guy and then it, you know you go to guys like jd who was like a big influence for me. Uh, Cole Swindell has been, you know, just a big help too. Really? Yeah. Uh, Cole's a great guy. He's one of my favorite people I've ever really? met. Really? How'd you, how'd you get connected with him? I think, again, it was just through social media. <laughs> and so he just reached out to me and then we met for the first time. Where the hell did we meet for the first time? It was... Was it one of Ross's shows? No, it was Ross actually, has Cole up all the time. It was, uh, it was Bill's Titans back in 2021, which I went up here for. So we watched that game from Doghouse on uh, Demunbrian. And, uh, I mean, that night was great until the very end because the bill, you know, because Josh Allen uh, slipped and fell down on that yeah. sneak on the two-point conversion or whatever <laughs> it was. But, uh, yeah, that was the first time I met Cole. And uh, I was up to, like, 5 a.m. that night because we went over to Luke Bryan's bar with uh, John Langston and J.D. and all that. What a night that was. So you've had some time. Um, so you've been, when did you first start coming to town? Uh, the first, I had been to town before one time um, back in, oh, I was, like, a long time ago. 
like 2012, 2013, like just with my dad. And then the next time I came up was 2021 for Bill's Titans. So I was here with my then fiance. Now it's my wife. And she had no idea what she was walking into. Cause she's like, I'm like, you know, you're going to lower Broadway, right? I'm like, it's like really busy. And like bills are in town. It's a Friday night. I'm Tables just, will be broken. I, like, I just want to prepare you. And she's like, I've been in New York city. You know, like, you, you know, like I'm fine. She was not fine. Like yeah. we, like we turned that first corner and she's just like, what is going on? She's like, what is this place? You know, like some, you know, like what? I'm like, yeah, that's lower Broadway in Nashville. That's what it is. So uh, that was the first time I came up to Nashville. And I've been back like five or six times since, but. Cause I was, cause I was gonna say doghouse back in the day that, that used to be a great like weekend day drink spot to watch the games. And then they had the spasmatics playing back in the day. Have you ever seen those guys? No. So they're a cover band. But they dress up like nerds from like the 2000s. We have and that 90s. exact same thing up in Buffalo. Yeah. There's called, a band called Nerds Gone Wild. Yes, it's the exact, it's that thing. And they play like nine, like 80s, 90s, 2000s, like pop. They'll mix in some country every now and then. But they're like wearing like one of the guys is wearing a helmet. One of the dudes has like suspenders on. It's exactly like, what that it's band that, is up in Buffalo. It's, <laughs> it's that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, that whole bit. But they used to be at Doghouse on Sundays. And that place was fucking wild. Uh, during. Before uh, some, COVID, BC before COVID. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so how was the Mumbrian too? Because like every time I go there, you know, people are like this wasn't here, this wasn't here, this wasn't here. Yeah, like, so well, this only, is all yeah, new. So I've only been here four years. I moved down here October of 2018. So I moved down here like right when Aldine's was opening up, right when Luke Bryan's was opening up. Like those were brand new. Actually, I don't know if Aldine's was here. I think Luke Bryan. I forget which was first, Aldine's or Luke Bryan's. I know Kid Rocks wasn't even there yet. So Broadway was a little bit different. But the Mumbrian, all the same places where their vibes wasn't there. Um, like the two hookah bars weren't there, but like in Live Oak used to be a place called Frisky Frogs. Frisky Frogs. Frisky Frogs is Frisky a great Frogs name for a bar. It was dirty, man. Frisky <laughs> Frogs was dirty. That was a place you could get in there with a Pokemon card, bro. Like they didn't give a fuck about, dude, they had a couch like in front of the stage, bro. And it was just fucking Vanderbilt and Belmont kids just fucking getting after it together. Oh, on that probably couch. just puking everywhere. No, it's fucking oh, okay. dudes and girls just fucking making out and just crazy oh, shit. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, it was, like, it was like a frat party in a bar, bro. It was crazy. So I remember when Live Oak came in, I was like, whoa, this is a big change. And to me, Live Oak has been like a huge part of, it's to me, like the top spot. I don't just say that because I get to, I get, I'm lucky enough to host my event there, but um, I like Live Oak to me is just, it's a great sounding bar. Shout out Nick Gorman. Uh, Nick, we, we, we joke around. He, we got him a shirt because he does the sound for Trey on the road. We got him a shirt that says, fuck their ears. And he just cranks Trey's show up really loud. But um, he's the sound guy and the production guy there. And then Hayes and Dave and Maggie are great owners there. Tin Roof is another staple, which I'm sure you've been in there a bunch. Um, oh, yeah, quite a few time times. Down yeah. here, especially if you're boys with JD. JD's like, JD's king of uh, Tin Roof after hours. I think it's, everybody's the king of Tin Roof, it seems like. Well, well Tin, Roof, tin, tin Roof after hours. Hours. Oh, like the you, after go hours. There, okay. you go in there, tin roof after hours. I haven't been over there. I've been invited, but I haven't gone in there. Um, and then like Doghouse was there and all that, but it, it has definitely exploded to where there's a lot more out of towners going in. Like I've noticed, like when I do my events on Tuesdays now, it's not just locals. It's there's people visiting on a Tuesday, which is cool because then it's exposing artists to out of towners. Yeah, I mean. I went to Live Oak for the first time, and I thought, like, wow, like, this is such a huge bar, you know, because like, I was at Doghouse, and I was at Tin Roof, you know, and they're big, but, you know, they're not as big as, you know, just, I mean. And the way the stage setup is and the way that it's showcased for the people performing on stage, I yeah. think Live Oak operates more of a It venue. does a great job, too, you know, just in terms of trying to pump up all the shows that there, because there are shows, right, you know, like yeah. every day of the week almost there. 
Yeah. You know, so you can just see, you know, like different artists or different songwriters like every day of the week that, uh, you know, a live oak. Yeah. Who's somebody that you haven't seen play live yet that you're like, I'm Jones in to see them? Who are some some names? Well, yesterday was Ella Landley. Finally got to see her Dude, live. That is our little sister, bro. We've yeah. done time in a van with her. I've seen her out drink everybody in the Trey Lewis band in one night. Shout out Matt McElwain. Um, she's um, she's like, she's such a spitfire, so unique, just such a good hang like she's like one of like one of her old songs one of the guys you yeah, know one like, of the boys she's fantastic and i can't wait for her to have a song sent to you guys i can't radio. wait to have a song of hers on the radio and i know it's important to you know just vet exactly what's going to work but she has star written all over her just because she has that personality that really takes command on stage and that's the one thing i saw last night you know like even with the acoustic guitar there's not many females that can go out on tour with co wetzel no. For two months. Uh, there's, there's no, not, I mean, there are many. There's not many females that can hop in a van and do 25 shows in a year, or about 20, 25 shows with Trey Lewis in a year after the Dick Down Dallas thing. All the guys that she's, all the people that she's been out on tour with have been like just, she she's just soaked it all up because she's so fucking young too, man. She's, uh, you know, I, I mean, just all her songs too. Yeah. Like every song that she had uh, before she signed her record deal were just, I mean, just fantastic. You know, like even so, there's "Damn You," which I love. Him, I made it. I think she might have yeah, uh, hey, released after the record deal. I believe that came out before. Before, okay. came out before, yeah. Um, and, and then if you have to, which is my favorite song of hers. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, I hope that's at some point out at radio. You know, like maybe she can hold on to it. You know, at some point, like I don't know if it's going to be a debut single or anything. But do you do you look at where who's signing where and what the label rosters look like? Yeah, when oh, you're yeah. thinking about radio stuff. Yes. So so like Sony right now, for example, they've signed three young females. You saw two of them play last night. Yep. You saw Alana Springsteen. You got to see Ella, and then they have Meg over there. And they're all like the deals are like with there's multiple labels involved. Oh yeah, in each deal. Which and they signed Morgan Wade too as part of the Sony. Yeah, which it's That's like crazy. you have, have all like of them. the amount of females that are about to go to country radio. I think there's already been. It's been a while since Tomato Gate and all that shit. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but wild what a, time back what, in what, what, a, what, what a weird time that was. That was when I was in college, and I was like, "Dude, my college radio show." And I'm like, "Should I like what's going on?" My with dad this? asked me because he doesn't pay attention to all this stuff. He's like, "What the hell is Tomato Gate?" I'm like, "How do you even know about that?" He's like, "Everybody knows about." I mean, that. I'm kind of <laughs> grateful that it that it. I mean, it's kind of a good thing that it happened because it opened the door and kind of kicked the door down for there being more females in country music it was just one consultant who said something to country it wasn't, tech, e yeah, it wasn't, was it. E wasn't even a pd no it was just a consultant who had that quote uh i think it was country air check i'm pretty sure and it wasn't anything that they decided to publicize really much and then all of a sudden you know like somebody saw it and it was posted on social media and it was posted you know like on a message board and then it was I, I mean you know and then they're doing stories about it you know like in taste of country and stuff like that and everybody knew about this stuff and you know like all the females you know have it right to be uh, pissed off because yes. that's a ridiculous analogy. Yes, it was a ridiculous analogy, and and I mean I get why historically there's been it's been more of a male dom because it you you know your your demographic country radio demographic tends to lean more female. The females want to hear about yeah. Luke Bryan saying "Shake it for me" and hear more. They want to hear they for a while it was it was a lot more it, like I could see why there was some of that going on but there still wasn't a reason for it to be as one-sided as it was yeah you know no. there's always been a spot for females if you look at the 90s i mean the 90s was oh, kind yeah. of the golden era like you could look at any 90s chart almost and you're like wow you know like there's like four or five females in this top 10 that's crazy when did that change 
I think it changed in like the 2000s, you know, like gradually. Because even back in the mid-2000s, you still had, you know, uh, people like Carrie and Martina it, it and Sarah Hill. Evans and Faith Hill, you know, like all having hits at the same time. Like you look at 99 and 2000, those charts, which is kind of like the mini pop movement um, in country music where you had, um, oh God, what do you have? You had Breathe by Faith Hill. You had the NSYNC song uh, with Alabama, God Must Have Spent a Little More Time on You, and like, uh, which I'm not a fan of that song. Yeah. I hate that fucking song. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you look at any top 10 back then, and you're going to see, you know, Faith Hill on there, and Martina McBride, and Sarah Evans, and all these females. And Shania. And Shania, oh my God, world, A worldwide sensation. She actually does not have as many number ones and top tens as people think she does. Really? Yeah. Like, when you look at her discography, you're like, wow, like that song never went number one, and that song never Yeah. Man, I feel like a woman got the seven. That didn't even go number one? No, it didn't even get top five. Jeez. Yeah, not wild. But, like, that's her most famous song. I yeah. Think. Yeah, it's crazy. That's wild how that works. Uh, Boondocks uh, uh, peaked to number nine. It was not number one either. And we still play it as a gold title. Yeah. Which is, like, crazy to think about. That it the, wasn't good enough to get higher than nine, but, like, it's good it's enough still for us in, to play 18 years later. It's still in rotation. Yeah. That is, that is, um, that is crazy, man. Um, but, yeah, so you got to see Ella. Who else on the... Up and comers that you haven't gotten to see. I want to see Katie Offerman. She's great. She's great. She's going to release her debut single, I think, in April or May. And she's been getting a lot of touring opportunities. Oh, with Parker, Parker McCollum. Parker, Parker McCollum has taken a good what a great break. What a great tour to land on. Yes. Because uh, I think it's not exactly the same demographic, but, I mean, Parker loves to lean in that traditional kind of sense, and so does Katie Offerman. Yeah. So I think it's just a perfect tour for her to go on. So she's somebody I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, Dalton Dover is going to release his debut single. <laughs> Or he did already, but it's going to impact. You talk Mark about six. the buzz of some because we like. I remember seeing the buzz of, like in the four years that I've been here. I remember the buzz about Hardy, like when Hardy was he was short hair Hardy, and like when it was coming out with like Rednecker. Th- yeah, well, before even throwback and like stuff. The like I remember his first. I remember when he when he was playing at fucking like Exit Inn and fucking um, Marathon and like playing in these like. Smaller. I remember. I remember seeing Hardy up at Inside Whiskey Jam, bro. Like, and it was, and the name on the flyer was Michael Hardy. It wasn't even <laughs> Hardy. It was Michael Hardy, and he was just really like a writer. But there was this buzz around him, and then you see like the buzz. That's the buzz now. Like for me, the, in the last like six months, there's been such a buzz in town about Dalton Dover. Everybody talks about him so much. Like everybody. Um, and I know his debut single was. Co-written with Adam Craig and John Pierce. Yes. And if people don't know who Adam Craig and John Pierce two, are, two please good, get to know them and listen buddies. to them sing. Yeah. Because they have two of the most underrated voices in the history of music. Yeah, like you talk about guy. We talk. We're talking about Josh Thompson and and guys like that that did the artist thing, but never like like ended up stopping switching to being writers and never quite made it. The fact that Adam Craig and John Pierce. Both had, yeah, they both, both had never record had, deals. Both yeah. never had the fucking, both are do like, it's a crime to me. I like, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> like I, Adam, Adam, Adam's voice when he plays that around is just fucking stupid. And you listen to the Dalton Dover single, you're like, oh yeah, I can totally tell This that is Adam an Adam Craig, Craig song. Yeah, yeah, I can totally tell he just wrote that. Just like you listen to a Parker song and you're like this, I could hear, a, I could hear Randy Montana singing on this. Or you listen to any of the Jordan Walker cuts and you're like, I could hear, I could hear Jordan Walker singing on. Sunday morning, I, man, she I, woke I, it like that. I like, could it's hear, such a Jordan I, Walker I could line. Hear him, I could hear him singing Excuses by Colby Cooper. Absolutely. Like, like the the writers that that did the artist thing or or have that ability, you can envision them saying that, and that's how that's exactly how I feel with Dalton, yeah, and Dalton, Adam he, and John. 
so John has such a great voice, and he only had one single back in 2006. He got to 49 on Media Base. And I met him for the first time back in 2021, and he's he's more of like a low key kind of guy. Yes, he's not on Twitter. Yeah, he's so, on Instagram. Yeah, he doesn't really post yeah. much on Instagram. Yeah. So we did a um, a writers retreat, or so when we were out when we were out on the Kid Rock tour with Trey, um, one of the weekends it was the Northeast weekend, so it was like um, Homedale, New Jersey. Um, where is it? Mansfield, Massachusetts, and uh, Bristow, Northern. Bristow with a W, Northern Virginia. Oh, Jiffy Bristow. Lube. Yeah, Bristow. It's a Jiffy Lube Live. It's, it's those it's the amphitheater shows that we were doing with, with Uncle Bob. And um, we rented a bus that weekend, and we brought out um, some writers for Trey to write for some to get some songs. So it was me, Trey Lewis, um, John Pierce, Adam Craig, and Matt McVaney. Matt McVie, who's um, who's has a lot of a lot of the early Kane Brown cuts and doing a lot of Dalton stuff. I think he's producing Dalton, if I if I remember right. And hanging out with those guys in a bus for a weekend was, oh, was probably a fun time. Lots of <laughs> lots of bo- they were just box wine. They just love box wine. I'm used to our guys drinking Fireball and like this hard liquor. And Adam Craig was just box wine, baby, <laughs> just getting after it. Him it's and John, him wine. and John and McVie on the on the box wine, bro. But they're great. Great guys. We went fishing with the Wicked Tuna dudes up in um, up in Massachusetts, and John Pierce, a big fishing guy. Oh, seeing, loves fishing. Seeing John Pierce get after it on out with um, out on the Wicked Tuna um, when the uh, the Wicked Pissa. Wicked Pissa. Wicked was Pissa. The Wicked Pissa with Paulie from Wicked Tuna. <laughs> that was, Boston that was after after being at a Kid Rock show. It was just a wild experience. Every but. time I text John, I'll like when I'm in town, like, hey, uh, do you want to hang out? He's like, I can't, man. I'm doing. Uh, you know, like I'm doing a hunting thing this weekend, yeah. you know, or like I'm doing the fishing thing <laughs> like yeah, all dude. the time. He loves hunting and fishing. Yeah, dude, and he's got one that's rising right now with um uh, John Party. Yeah, did uh, it, your heart or mine. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that hit number one yet? Or it's it's in the thirties, like thirty four. But it's so. it's moving. Oh yeah, it's climbing. Yeah. He he got a cut to uh, the new uh, record by Morgan Wallen, which is huge. That's you know, a big he got deal. A Morgan Wallen album. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people getting those when you put out thirty six. Thirty six songs. Thirty six songs. There's gonna be a lot of co-writers on there. What do you think of the whole double album thing? Do you like it, or do you, or do you, do you think it means that it's tougher for songs to go to radio because you've got, like, you can't. It's hard to send eight songs. I mean, any of a lot of those songs can go to radio, but like. There's so many that kind of don't get their time at radio because there's only so many you can have. Yeah. So I, the most singles I've seen recently put out off one album is like maybe six, like five, six by Luke Bryan. Um, but when you have that many songs on an album, you're not going to get them all the radio. You're probably only going to consider a certain amount of them. But it's smart to have that many tracks nowadays on an album. With for, streaming. Yeah, with streaming. With the guy. So when you have a guy like Morgan Wallen, who is a streaming monster, anything he puts out does at least really 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 good yeah. or you have a song like last night who is just you know like going above and beyond but when you have a guy like morgan wallen who's gonna you know uh, produce that many streams you get that many songs on an album it's gonna maximize sales it's gonna maximize the success the more the merrier you know i know it's harder maybe on the team to just you know like try to find 36 songs like put well, on the album is there, but... is there a song on dangerous that you wish was a single i'm sure we've all got songs that we wish like silverado for sale or like some of those. Oh, the songs. Stapleton song. I love the Stapleton song. Which one was that again? I don't remember the name of it, but it was like one of my favorites. Like how out. wild is that? Little the... Rain too, which I is could... very underrated. Oh, that's off his first. That's, that's the first the one. Record. I, I wanted that Rain. release so bad, and they went with Chasing <laughs> You, and obviously that was the right fucking decision. It worked but... <laughs> out. Yeah, it worked out. But um, and then another guy that does a double album thing, Zach Bryan. What are your thoughts on on that? Because that's a whole different 
realm. Like the the Zach Bryans and the Charles Wesley Godwins are rising up right now. Like he is a another name that is just rising in town. He doesn't even fucking live here, but people are just going nuts. Like every label is after him. But you look at guys like like that that are um that are coming up and now Zach's obviously got something in the orange that had its success that it did. And it's not doing, it doesn't seem to be doing at radio what it did in streaming. Like, no, it's not. But I mean, I don't think they expected that. I think that anything was kind of gravy, like just to, you know, just send us on the radio yeah. and see what happens. Cause I mean, it's already done what it's supposed to and a whole lot more uh, with streaming. I mean, it's top 30. It's gotten the 27, I think on billboard country airplay, which is, I think fine for a song like that. It's just so different than like anything else on so radio. Slow. It's so slow. Uh, it's like four and a half minutes long. It like takes forever to get to uh, the punch, but you know people just love it. Does I the mean, does the timing matter matter on a song? Like how how long song? it is? Yeah, it does. You know, I think anything over four minutes. You're I, like, I like it good. I remember when I was working on today's hits, yesterday's favorites, Magic ninety eight point three, Soccer Mom Radio in New oh, Jersey. I, I, I love that contemporary, moniker. bro. Yeah, I love was, that moniker, bro. I bro, um, and we would play the live version of Hotel California. It was like eight, <laughs> nine, bro. Eight and a half minutes. I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I would get this fired is... if I played eight and a half minutes. Dude, it was, in the, it was in the it was in the <laughs> yeah. fucking log. It was in the fucking log. Yeah, so like, it's not your fault. No, Tell yeah, us, but that's what the soccer moms want to listen to, bro. That's like what they're what they're into. They don't they don't they don't mind that. But do you wish that you had that for the? Do you wish what it, what is your if you're doing the live shift? What is your bathroom song in country music? Bathroom song, man. Like the one where you're like, okay, I got time to go to number two. <laughs> um, like like because because of the length. Man. Like, what's a long song at country radio? Like, what's, like, the max? George Strait had a single back in the day called You'll Be There, which is, like, four and a half minutes or, like, four minutes and 40 seconds. That's forever on that, country that, radio. That's for, like, I'm like, oh, my God. And it takes, it took almost two minutes to get to the end of the chorus. Two minutes to get to the end of the first chorus. And that was, like, a lead single. I'm like, wow, this would never fly, like, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. like, four and a half minutes. Uh, Sugarland Stay, I think, was over four minutes too, which is wild to yeah. me. Yeah, you know, uh, for a song we that played slow. that on. We played that on the Adult Contemporary Station too. The last station I worked. I at. think it's like, I mean, probably outside of Baby Girl, it's their most well-known song. Is yeah. Stay, and that was the one that they decided to just, uh, you know, like roll yeah. the dice and yeah. take yeah. a we gamble. We played the on Gen it. we played the Jennifer Nettles feature on the Bon Jovi song. Who says so you can't, you go, can't home. go home? Especially in New Jersey. I mean, Bon Jovi was every hour for us. <laughs> uh, bon Jovi is not really. Bon Jovi and Springsteen for us on Adult Contemporary. Bon Jovi word. is, uh, he's not a favorite of the people up in Buffalo. Really? Oh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, uh, so I'm surprised you don't know this story, but no. he tried to buy the Bills back in 2014. Really? Yeah, with a Toronto group. Oh, they were trying to move you guys to Canada. Yeah. Well, remember before. And that, I mean, you can talk about sports. You got the Bills hat on, and you got the Wyoming shirt on, which I know why a guy from Buffalo is uh, wearing Josh a Wyoming, oh, Wyoming yeah. T-shirt. Your Lord and Savior, Joshua <laughs> Allen. Um, buff, like the Buffalo Bills franchise for a while. I remember when you guys were playing games, multiple games a year at the Rogers Center yeah, in awful. Toronto. It's fucking awful. But the team back then, like I could get why they were doing. Like, were you guys still drawing? Were they still selling out games back then in Buffalo? They or was the team just not as good because that was also a tough era. Because oh. you had you had you had you had um, you had Tommy Boy and Big Bill up in um, up in New England doing their thing. You had those like two seasons where the Jets were good with the Rex Ryan Jets. Oh, the Mark they, Sanchez Jets. The, yeah, Mark Sanchez pre butt fumble. Um, <laughs> And then you had the Dolphins with their Wildcat shit with Ronnie Brown and the, sh the weird out of the box stuff. But then Buffalo was just like you guys. We're, like, yeah, we're just Trent stuck. Ed in. Trent Edwards was just oh. getting hurt every year. You had Marshawn before he exploded in Seattle. Like you had, it was just a weird 
the drought bills. Uh, so we went 17 years in a row without making the playoffs. And that was like my entire childhood, like growing up. The, like the first football memory I have was uh, the Music City Miracle. Like, like ever. First football memory ever was a Music City Miracle. And I started watching the Bills after that, and they just did not make the playoffs until I became an adult. Like, literally. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're a 30 to 35-year-old uh, Patriots fan, like, you have no idea like, or, what heart is. I'm, I'm a 28-year-old Yankees fan. Well, baseball. I mean, Baseball, you know, that's the thing, too. Like, I, like it's that si- Excuse me. It's that same kind of thing. Are you a Jets fan, though? No, I'm not. A, I don't hate my... New, New York <laughs> oh, City. Oh, it's right, Giants. New York City. There's big big brothers and little brothers. We got two of everything, bro. So three of three of hockey, if you count the Devils. Um, like, dude, so it's like they kind of line up where it's like Yankees, Giants, Knicks, and Rangers. Like, those are my four. Yeah, so if you're a Yankees fan, you have to be a Giants fan, right? Or no, like if you're a you, Mets you, fan, you, you have to be a Mets fan. You could be an idiot. Fan. You can hate yourself during the fall <laughs> when the playoffs are over, and you can, be, you, can root, you can root for losing football and be a Jets fan. Why would you want to be a Jets fan? Yeah, Because it's what your parents are. Like, it depends, too. I think I'm where, like, Long Island tends to be more Jets-Mets, and then obviously the Islanders. That tends to be, like, more. There's not as many Yankees fans from Long Island. But then um, it also depends on where you, on, like, what, when you grew up. Like you grew up in the '80s. Like you were, if you're a kid in the '80s and you want to root for a winning team, you're not rooting for the New York Yankees. They had a drought from like, I think it was like '79 to like '94, '95, where they didn't make the playoffs, which was crazy. That was when George Steinbrenner was firing yeah. the manager like every other week. Like shit was weird. But that was when the Mets and the Jets. That was when the Mets were good. The Giants were good. The Jets haven't been really much of anything since Joe Damn Namath. <laughs> um, but also, if you were born in the '60s. You were born in the 60s in um, 1962. The Jets and the Mets came to be. They both were playing at Chase Stadium. So if you, it depends, like, regionally where you're from in the tri-state area, but also what your parents grew up. It's a lot of legacy stuff. I got lucky to be born into a Yankees family. My mother had a poster of Bucky Dent in her closet when she was Bucky growing Dent. up. Bucky bleeping Dent. Um, and um, so, like, I'm Yankees, Giants, which – I love Buffalo. I'm grateful for Buffalo because without Buffalo, I don't think the Giants, we have the balls. Brian Dable. Oh, yeah, Brian Dable. He's a god. And to me, he looks like a guy that got off the got off his shift in the Carpenters Union or sanitation. (laughs) He to me is what a New York coach looks like. He's little, he's fat, he's bald, he's got a beard, (laughs) fucking loves cigars, loves beer. Like that to me is what we have been missing. We had Uncle Tom Coughlin, and Tom Coughlin was great. He was that disciplinarian that we needed, but we needed a guy like the balls. And then you have Joe Schoen, who just comes in there and is just – and that, this past year was supposed to be a rebuild year for the Giants. It was supposed to be. I we thought you guys were going to be really bad. <laughs> yeah, Brian Day was like, expectations are really low. We're coming in here. This is year one of trying to fix this. And, of course, to make the playoffs. Make playoffs. Now Daniel Jones wants fucking $45 million a year. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, he's, he'll, he'll <laughs> watch, the, the Jets will sign, watch the Jets sign him, and they bring him into Daniel that mess. Daniel Jones to the Jets. Daniel, oh, I just don't want him to be. If we have to give him $45 million, I don't I want mean, I'll that. take it. Sure. We have, 50, we have $53, $53 million in cap space. You can't give 45 of that to a quarterback that's had one. One decent year. No, and he like he's still like he doesn't he doesn't impact a game. No, you know, like he's not a Patrick Mahomes or Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen deserves Josh Allen deserves fifty million dollars. Yeah, Daniel Jones does not deserve forty five. <laughs> Daniel Jones is not going to get you to a Super Bowl. Um, he's not he's not the guy. But then you also have to pay Saquon. They've got to pay Leonard Williams. They've got like are you guys so, gonna, so we've got I've, like we got we got like eighteen guys to pay, and we've got like fifty three million dollars. Do you want to bring Saquon back? I'd be down to do it if he takes the contract like Melvin Gordon took or like somebody. Yeah, but like, Melvin Gordon sucks, though. 
<laughs> Melvin Gordon, when he got that contract, they restructured. Or Aaron Jones, and um, there's like there's there's running backs that have taken more like reasonable deals to stay where they are. And Saquon is like a tri-state area guy. Like I could see him staying. Um, I don't think we're gonna because even the franchise tag on Daniel Jones is like. Stupid amount. Oh yeah, it's gonna be like, like thirty-seven, thirty-eight million, something like that. Franchise at least. tag. Yeah, like you could franchise tag Saquon for ten, for fifteen. Like, so it's gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what they what they do. I mean, were you um, this year with Buffalo and you guys being on the sport? Because you, you so you do sports stuff as well. Yeah. So you're just a whole team player for Town Square Buffalo. Oh yeah, like uh, you, team player. Like you love the country <laughs> stuff, but they put you in, kind of plug you in wherever. I was kind of so we have to write posts all the time, yeah. you know, like on the website, and I was always just writing sports stuff. Like even though we're not a sports station, it's just because it's what I know best, yeah. and I know that. You, uh, so as much as I love country music. People don't really, you know, like want to read about the stuff in Buffalo. Like, want to read about, you know, you know, like where's the best place yeah. to get burgers or, you know, like stuff like that. But we love the Bills and we love the Sabers uh, to a lesser degree. So I'm like, I'm just gonna write about sports. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, you're really good at this. Do you want to uh, try to get a uh, press credential? Yeah. You, like, yeah. you ever go to a Winter Classic? Yeah, I went to the very first one in 2008. I, dude, that to me was like the best. And that was a great game too, if I remember right. It was so that it was, was the, snowing. As, it was snowing. It was like perfect snow. Um, the ice wasn't that great because it was the first time they'd ever done something like that. So uh, there was a lot of like divots and was snow that against up. the Penguins? Penguins, yeah. The Penguins scored like 12 seconds in. Uh, Colby Armstrong. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but then they went through a shootout and, and the Sabres lost. But whatever, it was a fun time. That's wild, dude. What's the? Um, have you? Did you ever do any street team stuff? Like, oh yeah, that's team? how I started. Okay. So I that's have how stories, I okay. man. Hey, hey, I have stories hey. about that. Weirdest, weirdest street team event you did. Or the one where you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Oh God, you can say that about like half. Do you ever, do you ever, do you ever do a, um, a, um, a talent appearance at a McDonald's? We, we, so we've done some weird stuff. We, I, I can't say that we've done a McDonald's. I one. was in a McDonald's <laughs> and it was like a very like not English speaking area. In Were you like New inside Jersey. the McDonald's? I was inside the McDonald's <sighs> wearing a Magic ninety eight point three polo with one speaker set up, having a talk like every thirty minutes. Oh, it's better if you're outside because at least like you know you get the, the air. Dude, how many how many tents have you had fly away? Um, we had a couple that. So I remember one time we had to do one on a windy day, and like so it was so windy that we had two weights and it wasn't enough, you know? So I had to like hold it the entire remote, like two hours. I just yeah. hold this the entire time, like while talking to listeners, it sucked. It's horrible. Yeah. Do you guys have a playlist on an iPad or you guys run a Comrex or what was your, we do the Comrex. Comrex? Yeah. We used to have like an old school, like first gen iPod nano. And we had like a playlist on there of like, we had, so we had an AM talk station and we had a, um, a, an AC station. So for the AM talk station, it was all oldies. So we're playing shit from like the fifties. Oh my 60s. God. Like, Ain't no mountain. Like doing that at like some bullshit 5k, like in random things. Do you guys do, um, do you guys do like toys for tots stuff? We do some of the stuff like that. Um, what do we have? We have like uh, I want to hear some weird like coats for, I have weird stories. Wing, wing, <laughs> wing eating contest. You had to have done one of those. I feel like buffalo wings are such a big thing. We don't there. do remotes there, but so we have talent that are judges uh, for the wing eating contest or well, you saying, know, stuff well, like that. I'm saying you doing like street team stuff, like you're doing like a prize wheel bullshit, like oh yeah, prize wheel. Like I've been in gas station. I've been so many like uh, gas stations, car dealerships, and phone companies are the two big ones because those two places always have money to throw around. Yep. And then when they pay to get us there and 
nobody's coming in and they look at you they're like what's going on and like i don't know dude i guess they don't need a car today (laughs) i don't know what to say man hey you know like uh come get this car for this amount of money it still costs like you know like you know like whatever twenty five thousand dollars yeah people don't need a car man i don't know what to say yeah you know like whatever yeah well i'm uh, have you ever slept in a station vehicle not in a vehicle but at the station i've slept at the station i I, like stayed on my program director's couch debbie mazella so I lived where I lived. The station was like an hour and a half away. Oh yeah, no, you just bro, stay there. And bro, I was doing street team stuff. I was filling. I had a I had a weekend shift in the mornings on Saturday mornings. I was voice tracking overnights. Bro, this is my life right now. Dude, I was voice tracking well, overnights. So, dude, like I would get a. I'd I'd go down to the station and then I would go and do an event. At Somerset Patriots baseball, for example. I would do do that. Minor league, good old minor league baseball. Pride <laughs> of local radio, baby. Every you guys probably have a minor. You guys have the. We have the Bisons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you you set up a tent outside the Bisons game, and you just sit there with the tent until first pitch. Like after the anthem, you pack up and you go. Then. I'd have to um, then I'd either have to be live on overnight or voice track the overnight, but I'd also have the six a.m. shift the next day. So it's like, do I drive after that? Do I drive all the way back to New York, or do I just stay at the station? So you stay at the station. You're, at making, the station. you're making ten bucks an hour, ten ninety nine. You can't afford gas, so you're staying there. You become buddies with the guys at the Seven Eleven down the road and eat the little tornado things or the little taquito things because you're, <laughs> you're just living bum life, bro. And then you get up in the morning, you go, you do your shift from six to ten. Then you have an appearance or a um, or a street team event. You got to go set up a tent at Rutgers football. Oh uh, my before. god! Got to set up the Rutgers football tailgate party for the AM station. Oh. Kickoffs kickoffs at like three oh five or like four o'clock or something i'm getting like flashbacks bro, of all, bro, of them, all and, times and you gotta drive you gotta drive through all the bullshit parking in the in that's the, the, the worst part about it by the way is driving through the traffic and then trying to convince people no i have to be there and they're like who are you like i didn't know you were coming dude, dude, in a two in a 2006 gmc savannah with an old broken radio <laughs> antenna on the top we had an then, hhr Oh, fuck. HHR. Yeah. And I got a flat tire in the HHR. I had to be the talent and the street team member, and I got a flat tire on the same day. I, I was like, I'm like, man, dude, like, this you, is not dude, worth it. Dude, then you get done with that event, and then you got to go back and upload all the photos to the fucking drive, and then you got to post the recap, and then you got to Oh, put, my God. It's, it's the, the same thing. Same the, exact thing. Put the photos on the WordPress website so digital doesn't get mad at you. I got to make sure I send all the photos through the Dropbox to my boss just to prove I did, in fact, take photos. You got to put the watermark on the photos <laughs> and just sit it, run it through the, the Windows XP watermark thing. I <laughs> did a few triple shifts, like, in a row. I did, see. I would do. Yeah, I would do event. I would Which do, I don't even think is allowed by New York State. But. Yeah, I would do. I would do event. I would do morning shift, event, event, and then technically I'd be on in the overnight. But that was a lot of times voice tracked. I did. So the one shift I did, I did it twice. One time I did live overnight till like three a.m. Because um, we had a guy that would track from three to five thirty before the morning show got in. But I did that, and then I slept for like an hour. And then I had to do a remote as a street teamer that morning, like for the morning show. Did that, dropped everything off back at the garage in the station. And then I had to do another remote, like 45 minutes away. And I went home, napped for an hour, got up, went back to the station, did the whole thing over again. That was, that was my life, bro. I was just, it was. You know, and your bank and I are like, man, like I'm in radio, you know, like I should be grateful doing this stuff. I'm doing this because I <laughs> fucking love it. No, mom and dad, I don't need to get a real job. I'm doing it because I love it. I love eating grilled, you know, like did I would you, eat grilled cheese sandwiches did, every single night. I would eat every fucking, night. I would eat fucking pop tarts and some whatever whatever was left over from the in the in the in like the green room and like the uh, the break room fridge, like. 
just just dude like I, did you have like the Wegmans pasta for 99 cents and yeah, I would just have yeah. a little bit of pasta sauce left and yeah, I just bro, mixed that part, and I had so I put on so much weight when I was up there because I used to call part of my thing was I found I had to find ways to keep myself entertained so I would literally or they get a pizza delivered during my shift if I was doing like a Sunday like afternoon shift and I'd have the pizza guy come and I'd like make it like a bit on the air be like shout out to my boy Johnny the pizza guy I'm sitting <laughs> here with a pepperoni pizza and I'd put it up on like the station Facebook and all these like middle-aged soccer moms would be like enjoy your pizza Matthew I'd be uh, like, have you ever had a car break down in you a car breakdown yeah, yeah. I've had vehicles break down bro the one time and this is not that long ago this is 2021 is the last street team event I ever did I was not street team off the street team congratulations I was not street teamer anymore but so we started doing events again and they sold off something even though we didn't have a street team like they still sold it off and you know whoever was the talent you know they couldn't do it and they're like please they're like please you know like we'll pay you extra just please go do this you I'm got like, the I'm, talent fee though right yeah i'm, okay, I'm yeah. like i'm not a street team remember they're like they're like please just do this like you know like we don't have anybody i'm like fine so it was a morning one at 7 a.m i got up at like 4 35 in the morning it was an old van super old i don't know where it came from but it was old as hell <laughs> there's always one old van on one the old station van. vehicle roster and so i get in and you turn the key and it goes like you know like i'm like wait it's not turned on and then it finally did i'm like well I guess, you know, people haven't driven this in a couple of months. I guess it makes sense. And I saw I had gas. I'm like, okay, you know, fine. I get out into the highway and all of a sudden I hear like a dun, 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 you know, like underneath the hood. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, okay, it went away, I guess. And then like, you know, uh, two miles down the road, it came on again, like dun, 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 dun. And all of a sudden I see like this new like light, uh, like come on the dashboard that I'd never seen before or something. I don't know what it was. And I'm like, what's going on? And I get off the highway. I'm like three minutes from the venue, and it just dies at a red light. Just dies. Like, uh, like not even like I'm trying to turn the ignition key, you know, where you have the ding, 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 nothing. There's no sound, like, coming from this thing. I'm like, oh, my God. So I had to call people. Nobody's up. It's so early. It's, like, 530 in the morning. Like, nobody's <laughs> answering. I'm like, this is – I'm like, I want to not like, – like, I just want to leave this thing, walk all the way back home, and not do this right now. And for some reason, it started again. I don't know what happened. It just came back on. But I knew it didn't have much left in it. And I'm like, I have to get to this. Like, I have to get there. I ran two red lights to get Let's there. Go. Just so I didn't have to, like, stop the vehicle. Because I knew if I had to stop the vehicle again, I was not, like, it was not going to restart. Yeah. And so I parked it. Uh, so it died in the parking lot. And it was, like, taking up, like, two or three spots. <laughs> I didn't plan on that. So we didn't get a car. or So we didn't get a tow company to go get it until, like, two days later. Some listener, like, takes a photo and puts on Twitter, like, okay, guys. You know, you think your big shots can take up three spots. You're, like, you know, your station vehicle. I'm that, like, uh, that's, well. That's the moment where you're, like, fuck this. But Somebody it. had put. So what happened was the radiator. The radiator got a big old crack in it. Because some idiot put water in there. Oh, instead. no. They put water in the radiator. And then it froze during the winter and then it thawed and just completely destroyed the radiator. It was gone oh, and geez. just totaled the car. Jeez. You ever do like an, like, I did like amateur wrestling events, like, like New Jersey amateur wrestling. Like, dudes are hitting dudes with trash cans. <laughs> I did that one time. We did one thing we did. It was, um, what the fuck was the name of it? It was like an electric, like a very, Mom and pop, like electronic, like they did electronics and barbecues. That was like their thing. They sold electronics and barbecues in Menlo Park. Or That's Edison, a hell of a Edison, New Jersey. You know what they did, business, dude, man. dude? So we had to like put on this barbecue thing. We had to like sit there and play cornhole with people and do all this tailgating bullshit. And fucking, they had an Elvis impersonator, bro. 
forget what the dude's name was. It was this old guy, and he sang like Elvis karaoke. So we had to have the Elvis songs like on our iPod, or we had to, we had to bring like a separate like boombox like CD player, wire that into the um to the EV like speaker on the stand setup, and he sang fucking Elvis. Karaoke. Oh my god, he sang Elvis karaoke. <laughs> dude was like eighty years old, like all dressed up. Was, I'm like, dude, this is a hell of a way to make ten dollars an hour. I love going to the <laughs> events too, where you're at a bar. Cause it's like, you know, like we're doing like a country rock night and everybody, you know, so everybody interacting with you is just like pissed drunk yeah and like they want to just take stuff off well, the you table. should you should come you should come run merchandise with us one night on the road you'd, you'd <laughs> see you'd see that that's what the merch table's like you know? i mean it's the best you, yeah. i mean you know like people who are hammered can be like hey do you want yeah. this t-shirt like sure i do what's the weird rock stations have it made with some fucking wild events you want to do some wild shit we had um and you have the freedom to do wild shit too because they want you to do we that had 95 non the rat in belmar new jersey this is a rock station on the jersey shore their big things were bikini calendar one of their promo items was a station thong like weird shit and i did it i subbed in with them one weekend i was in um and in, in belmar new jersey it was in neptune new jersey and something about the jersey shore it's like you see on the tv show some trashy things going on <laughs> and uh we went to a place called delilah's den we did a I can a, only imagine what that we, place is. We did a pop-up street team event at a goddamn titty bar at a strip club. I'm at a strip club in a polo. Like <laughs> as a like, street teamer. Like, hey, want to spin the prize yeah. wheel? <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want this koozie? Like you can win it. Just spin the wheel. Jesus Christ. This <laughs> like, wild, wild stuff, man. So um, a couple of questions, a couple of quick questions to wrap up. This went long, just like I thought it would, man. It's good, good fucking. Up. I figured we get oh, wow, two, ra- we get two radio guys here. Who's usually we're stuck talking to like for like a minute and a half to two minutes in a break. Now it's like we can podcasting. You can talk as long as you want, say whatever you want. Um, three artists people should know about. They might not know about yet. I think oh, they're gonna God. be country radio people. Oh man. Three that you're excited about, like these guys are gonna be household names. Like, get your tickets in advance to see these guys because you're not gonna be able to get tickets to see. Well, them one guy we talked about uh, before is Dalton Dover. Okay, like get on the like get on the bandwagon now because okay. his his first single is gonna have like a lot of ads. Yep, like there are so many stations that are already committed uh, to that. Uh, May Estes is not, like I don't know if she's gonna ever be on radio, but I would love to see Hell her yeah, get dude. a bigger following. Love that shout out May Estes. Yeah. So um, who else? Oh man, uh, Dylan Marlowe. Is another one that we just talked about. I, I like. I feel like we talked about all the ones that I love already the most. Um, is there one? Oh, Graylin James, by the way, Graylin James. That's get kid, ready for Graylin James. It's a kid I don't know about yet. Ward from Whiskey Jam was telling me about him. He's got just banner after banner. Uh, he has like a lot of songs that are just so good that aren't released yet. He has one song uh, that he sent me. I'm like, dude, this is like a huge hit. Like this is like viral, huge gonna be like just a giant hit and he's such a nice guy too like super super down to earth like super cool dude but um he's gonna be a big time artist on yeah. the future so get on the bandwagon for Graylin james hell yeah dude well I've, it's been a pleasure having you today man like i'm glad this worked out and i'm glad that we're doing this like right around crs too because it's like i gotta I, and you're the first like you're the first radio guy that i've had on with me because that's what i wanted to do and that's why i still do this podcast thing and talking to the microphone it's a bug we get we get yeah, bit by a, this bug that we want to live a life that where we do something we love and we don't make up we don't make a ton of money doing it and we sometimes are driving bands that break down and <laughs> Setting up prize wheels at at, at strip clubs, doing, <laughs> doing, doing weird radio shit. But man, it's 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 been a been a pleasure hanging out with you. Where can people go to find you on all the socials? Uh, so I'm at Fiddle Saber, which I know is a weird handle because uh, I made it, you know, back in you know, like 2015 or whatever it was. And I'm like, well, I guess it's just part of the brand. I'll keep it. So at Fiddle Saber, Chris Owen, uh, Chris Owen W Y R K on the Instagram. 
I'm also on Facebook, but I never use Facebook ever. So I think the last time I posted anything on there was like probably like six months ago. So okay. uh, yeah, just don't go to Facebook. Hey, give me. me give me <laughs> a give me a radio thing real quick. Give me a, give me one of your Y W Y R K. Buffalo's number one for new country. One oh six five W Y R K. Let's fucking yeah. go. I love that. Let's go. <laughs> well, guys, make sure you check out our boy Chris Owen. Um, he's uh, in town this week, um, and he'll be here for uh, for CRS. All the Nashville folks watching this. Um, and uh, be sure to follow him on all the socials. If you're if you enjoy the discovery of finding new artists that you might not know about yet, or you want to be able to be like, I was listening to Dalton Dover when that first single came out because I heard Chris and Matt talk about it on this <laughs> podcast, and I saw Chris posting about it on his story and all that shit. Be sure to check out his social media accounts and um, be sure there's a way they can listen to you on the air, right? Like, oh yeah, like there's the just the go on the app. Up. Yeah, just go on the app, on the WYRK app. Yep, WYRK app up in Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's best for Buffalo's home. Buffalo's for, number one for new country. Buffalo's number one for new country, WYRK. <laughs> um, but for real, be sure to check out our boy Chris Owen. Um, shout out to Sweet Boy behind the camera, keeping it going. Um, appreciate you guys checking this out. Once again, shout out to our friends from Whale Tail Media, Saxman Studios, um, our boys from uh, Pickle Jar Live, and uh, of course, our man Mitch Wallace with the Digital Marketing Agency. If you guys liked what you saw, liked what you heard, hit that subscribe button uh tell your mama and them and uh give us a follow on all the socials and uh we will see you next time this has been the in the round podcast